All right, everyone, welcome back to Quick Sticks, your source for RMU men's and women's Division I lacrosse. Winding down towards the end of the semester here. Next week is finals week, um, and this might be our last episode, uh, depending how, how how things go with the rest of the season. Men's only has one game left, one game left um, and women's have three regular season games left. Today we have another special guest, uh, Owen Krebs and John Hanna, on this one. Um, last episode... We welcomed in the defensive trio of Kelly Colgrove, Shea McCardle, and Madison Burke. And now we welcome in a player that is behind them all um, and kind of the fourth member of the of their of their group there. She's the all-time leader in goalkeeper wins in RMU women's lacrosse history. Please welcome in Caitlin Miller. Thank you. Hi, everyone. How are you doing just overall um, with finals week approaching and things like that? Yeah, I'm doing good. Um all my classes are online, but okay. I have one final this week, one final next week, just getting ready for this weekend in general. Big game on yeah. Saturday. Absolutely. Um, well, we'll we, our style of the show here is that we'll go over game recaps since last week, and then we'll go dive into your career more uh, more in depth and you know, kind of get to know you uh, overall. Um, two games uh, since our last episode for both teams. Men's lacrosse, uh, 15-7 win over Cleveland State. It was a massive, uh, up, like, just destruction of Cleveland State. 15-7, Ryan Smith, all-time leader in points on that one. Um, I wrote an article on that if, uh, for those the listeners. Um, and then the closest Cleveland State got in that one was 8-6. Your class, the, the senior graduate seniors coming back, have some very talented players, not only on the women's team, uh, but also on the men's team. Um, what do you attribute that to? Why, why do you think this class has been so successful? Um, I think, I mean, my class, I mean, we've all kind of, you know, we've been here for five years now, and we've all played together most of the time, starting from freshman and sophomore year. So we kind of just have that connection, and it grew stronger going through all the adversity over the last couple of years, and last year especially. But I mean, and the men's team, their class is awesome too. I mean, it's it's been nice to be able to support each other and watch each other over the years and break those records. And you talk about Ryan Smith and how much he's done for their program, and it's just awesome to see and be able to support each other. Absolutely. And then going Go off Ryan Smith, let's say you are in, you, Caitlin Miller, are going to be starting your own lacrosse team. Would you rather have Ryan Smith or both Melanie and Mackenzie? Oh, Gandy twins for sure. Oh, I mean, wow. I've played with Mel and Ken since we were probably, you know, 12 years old. We grew up in the same area together and played club together. And we've just kept in touch throughout high school. So going to college together, it's kind of been awesome to, mm -hmm. to go through that too. So Gandy's all the way. <laughs> Absolutely. We asked that same question, the, the, the trio we had, and they, and they said the same exact thing. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, Ryan is game, awesome, but, you know. Yeah. Other game for men's, 8-7 win, close one against Bucknell. Their winning streak is now up to three. Uh, they played very good defensively. Ryan Smith became the all-time leader in games played in that one. And Army won the ground ball battle of 40-29 uh, to 29 in that one. As, you know, the most important defensive player on, on a cross team how important is the ground ball battle in any any game i mean the ground ball pickup is very important i mean offensive and defensively but i mean defensively you make a stop the ball gets on the ground that's your opportunity to get that ball back and get it on the other side of the field so mm -hmm. 
I mean, that stat is great for them, and um, ground balls are very important. And um, you men's, mentioned men, – oh, sorry, you go. Men's lacrosse doesn't – they're not in conference this season. So um, that obviously makes an impact. Do you – you guys, of course, you know, are in it. Could you guys ever imagine playing not in a conference, or have you ever in, like, club sports or things like that ever played uh, in a conference? And how weird is that if you have? Uh, um. So I've never not played in a conference, but mm -hmm. I think it's important just because you have that end goal, you know, like if mm -hmm. you play in a conference, you win that conference, you move on. That's the goal for the whole season. And to not have that, I mean, it's, it's probably got to be tough for the guys, but even for those fifth years, I'm sure just the opportunity of being able to come back and play again mm -hmm. is great no matter what. But I, I think that, um, being in a conference and playing for that end goal is really important. And you mentioned a, a bit earlier that you and the, uh, the women's team and the men's team likes to try and root for each other a lot. Uh, mm -hmm. What would you say, like, you're th like when you watch the men's team, what's one thing that you try and, you know, pick up on and potentially add to your game? Um, just the um... – you know, they have a big team culture and we do as well, but just seeing like you can pick up on different things that like they do on the sidelines and that we do and just kind of the chemistry between each other. I mean, we all have that, but I don't know. They do a lot of team bonding, which we could do a lot more like we could do more of that, of course. But I think that's one thing that I would really like to take from their team and you know put it into ours too it's just more like team activities like they play basketball and golf and all that and it's just fun things that like i wish we did a little bit more okay um moving on to your guys's game recaps um it's been a couple weeks since we had our last episode so we got to recap the april 9th home win 23 to 4 against um kent state 14 mm -hmm. different goal scorers and then of course the akron win uh, 18 four in that one four that's the that's the most amount of goals that have been scored on that one um you know I don't want to like bash the other teams in the MAC this year but what's going on in terms of like the 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 competition um uh between the NEC and the MAC because you know from the stat sheets and just watching these games it seems like it's a it's a different league not on paper but also on the field yeah, it definitely is. It's definitely been a, a, a change of speed this year. We're, we were so used to, you know, the NEC and Mount Wagner, Bryant, and just having those rivals throughout the past four years and then moving into the MAC. I mean, we've played some of those teams previously. Like, we played Akron and Kent, like, a few years back. But, um, I mean, not to, like, bash on them, but mm -hmm. I just think it's definitely a, a different level, you know? I mean – it's a it's a change of speed, but we've been able to have those non conference games where we're able to play some good competition and you know keep yeah. our keep our momentum going and trying to do what we want to do. And then, as a goalie, do these sort of you know fifteen plus goal differentials do they get boring for you? Like just sitting in net, not really getting much action. A little bit. I mean, I've. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't complain about it because, you know, I'd rather it be yeah. that way than, you know, having it on my side the whole time. But um, it's it gets a little boring sometimes. But you just I know I I like talk 
I mean, sometimes I talk to myself because I'm the only one down there, but like, I talk about like what they're doing up there and like, I cheer them on. I stay into it. I look at the sideline. Like I, I definitely stay into it. I mean, you kind of have to, but I mm-hmm. wish it's, I've definitely seen like less shots this year than normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was kind of my next question going off that is like, you know, what happens when there's a sudden break, there's a sudden, uh, you know, like a three on one chance or anything like that for you to, you know, what do you have to do to continue to stay in the game despite, you know, the, the field being tilted with the Gandys, they're behind the net the entire game. Mm-hmm. Um, you mean like when we get like a, they get a fast break going, they get a fast break. Yeah. And a game yeah. where there's not many opportunities. Um, for them. I mean, it's just, it's, it's nice. I mean, sometimes we're like, Oh, I just wish we'd have like a defensive set down here. And then when we get it, it's like, okay, there we go. Like we're back. Mm-hmm. Like we'll, we'll get the next play. We got it. Like, I don't know. It's just kind of, you definitely find a way to stay into it, but how much of that is because of Colgrove, Burke, um, Cardle, all the defensive, you know, players that have been on this team for five years now. Mm-hmm. It's been awesome to play with them. And, you know, when we talked about like coming back for this fifth year, it's like, we like, I mean, I know me personally, I was like, okay, is this person like, we wanted everyone to come back and then to know that, we were all going to be continuing to stay in that big unit down there. I mean, mm-hmm. it was great. And then having Maddie Griffin too, she's been here, you know, four years now. And um, it's just been great to be able to stay mm-hmm. together and play together. These Make your job years. easier. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned obviously the big role that, uh, you know, these fifth year seniors have on the team. Do you think the team will still be in, you know, good shape you know once you graduate the gandys graduate you think the team's still going to be in you know the shape it is now though in the winning ways oh absolutely i have no no doubt about that we have you know good underclassmen great underclassmen and we had 13 freshmen come in and just being able to play with them kind of gives them you know like like they, we would have never played with them if we didn't come back and being able to do that and teach them things and give them the opportunity to step in when, you know, we're up 20 to four, you know, when they come in and have that opportunity to learn from us and play with us, they're, they'll be unstoppable next year as well. How much of, how much of a interesting dynamic of that is with you as a goaltender, you have to give over your, you know, you'll have to give up the net next year because you won't be here. Mm-hmm. Um, how much of that is just you personally, because, you know, that's a very special position there that you'll have to give up and have to pass the torch on. Right. And Jamie Keller has been phenomenal. Like she's a great su- su- support system. And we, I mean, we're great friends off the field as well. And she's been playing under me for a couple of years now. And, uh, you know, just we're, we have different styles of goalkeeping, but you know, leading down there and being able to to show her and help her as she's been able to grow these ca- past couple of years. I mean, I'm excited to come back and watch her take over. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, kind of just, I mean, I guess we got carried away in the in the game recaps or whatever, but you guys demolished them, um, both Akron and uh, Kent State. Uh, Kent State win, that was at home, though. 15 straight games, uh, Joe Walton, that's a, that's a straight win. What do you attribute that to? Because, you know, some of the earlier games, you didn't even have fans. Um, now you're slow, slowly but surely starting to get some fans in attendance, parents, dogs um, in the <laughs> stands. Um, what are your thoughts on that just overall, being able to have such a good home winning streak? 
Mm-hmm. I mean, we've, I mean, I, I mean, I don't really know the stats, but like even the past couple of years, like we've had a pretty good home winning record. And mm-hmm. I think that just comes back to like protecting your house and pride in where you play every day in the field and, you know, wanting to protect that and wanting to continue to win on your own home field. I mean, we try and win everywhere, of course, but especially at home. Mm-hmm. Are there any, like, fate? You've obviously been here five years, has been previously mentioned, but for away games, is there a favorite venue you've been to so far? Um, I mean, California was pretty cool when we went to Cal Berkeley, but honestly, we went to Cincinnati this year, and that was a pretty, pretty cool stadium and arena. I mean, not arena, but like, you know big football stadium and they had like the big um what are they called the things on like the screen so we were it was we were able to like see ourselves as we play which was kind of cool, right. kind of distracting but <laughs> i think that was a pretty cool stadium absolutely um moving on just real quick uh we do this every week as well ncaa rankings and mac standings mac standings is pretty easy to go over you guys are undefeated in that conference first overall in that men's lacrosse not in a conference this year they're six and five overall um, neither team's ranked in the NCAA in the you know the top there. Um, other news in general, uh, Gandy, um, offensive MAC player of the week. Um, and then, um, yeah, just again, picking up those awards and things like that. Ryan Smith, as we mentioned, um, all-time leader in games played and in points. How much recognition, um, you know, do you feel as if RMU lacrosse, just men's and women's, how much do you feel it deserves as opposed to what it's actually getting? Um, not only on campus, but just from the entire NCAA. Um, I mean, lacrosse in general, you know, it's not as big as basketball, football, yeah. all that. But I think, uh, I don't know. But there's some yeah. good players. Here huh? That, but there's some good players here. That, absolutely, you know, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, we get the recognition when it's needed, but like, that's not what we look for. You know, like we look for the win. We look for the team uh, speaking for women's, but um, I mean, I think, I think the school does a good job of recognizing us and, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, moving on to just your career overall, um, you know, your upbringing from, you know, playing lacrosse, you're from Maryland. Mm-hmm. I'm confused because I'm, you know, only a stone's throw away. Like, John, John's from New York. I'm from PA. John, I don't think, like, you can attest to this as well. Like, lacrosse, it's super big in Maryland. My brothers are from Maryland. Yeah, I mean, it does have a foot, like, a big foothold in, like, upstate New Yorkish, but nowhere mm-hmm. near as just mm-hmm. the crazy lacrosse culture that Maryland has. Yeah, and I asked this uh, to other people on the podcast as well. Why? Why is why do you think Maryland is that, you know, it's that the lacrosse capital of it's the capital of lacrosse. Like cuz I understand like hockey um in Boston and Minnesota. That makes sense because they have like the frozen winters, um the Boston Bruins or an original 6 team things like that. I'm con- like what are your thoughts on why Maryland is the lacrosse capital of the world? I mean, I don't really know why it is, but I mean, you look at like, you know, University of Maryland and Mm -hmm. they have that big um, winning. Well, not it's not really winning streak anymore, but they have so they had so many national championships that I get. I mean, I would guess that it just 
stems from that kind of like they played back in like the eighties and stuff. And, um, I don't know, but like everyone I know Mm -hmm. from Maryland, I mean, you either play lacrosse or you play lacrosse and Mm -hmm. it was kind of like, I started when I was five. So it was just what we did. It was either soccer, lacrosse, field hockey. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I actually looked it up one time and it's like the team, the state's team sport or something. Yeah, I'm not surprised on that. I don't know so why. You were, yeah, you mentioned you were five when you started playing. Um, were you always a goalie when, when you started, or did you start a forward? Or No, I was actually a midi, and then I moved to Delaware when I was about seven or eight, and they didn't have lacrosse there, so I played soccer like full, like all year round. Lived there for three years, and then when I came back, I played lacrosse again. And then that was when I was like, okay, I don't really like to run that much. <laughs> so, uh, uh, someone, like, I think the goalie like got hurt or something on my rec team. And they were like, does anyone want to step in? I was like, sure. Like stepped in. I wasn't wearing a chest protector, like didn't have all the stuff on. And I just hopped in and like, I guess I had like the natural in, like instincts and reflexes for it. So I just stuck with it after that. When was this? How old were you around? Probably 11. Wow. So like and then that's said, kinda, I mean, for Maryland, then, that's kind of late for becoming a goalie, but. Yeah. And then you said, you mentioned earlier, you were like 12, 13 when you met the Gandy twins and started to play with them. So yeah, I've played, they were my first like team as a club team. And did knowing them influence your decision at all? Or did you influence their decision at all to come to Robert Morris? No, I didn't. Well, you have Annie Sachs, too. Annie Sachs was here our freshman year. The three of them went to high school together, and they all re- like were recruited here first. I didn't get recruited until May of my senior year of high school. I was very late. I was going to go to like a community, community college, but then, no, I wasn't really influenced by them. But it was Were you going to play good. lacrosse there, too, at the community college? Mm-hmm, yeah. So um, – we, you know, we mentioned like, you know, RMU is a school that you know, across all sports teams on the campus, they, they find those, you know, late bloomers, uh, like a person that, you know, has didn't start playing goalie until 11. And now she's your all time leader in games played or not games played in, uh, in wins uh, in Colonial's history. How much of that do you think speaks to the recruiting class or in the recruiting system uh, for RMU? Uh, you mean like for coaches going to recruit yeah. other players? Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, like don't give up on, mm-hmm. on recruiting and don't just because they're late bloomers or like, they're still not recruited by the end of their high school career. Like don't give up on them. And mm-hmm. my coaches didn't. So that's why. Yeah. yeah. We've seen that a lot. Like over like Lexi Templeman was, or she still is like, um, five foot one, I think. Um, and, you know, she got passed over and now she's, you know, what she is there uh, with the women's team, women's hockey team. And then like Ryan Smith entering high school, he mentioned like to us that he was only four foot ten. Mm-hmm. And now he's done so far. Um, coming into RMU, when did you start? Um, what was your role your freshman year? Um, and when did you start to feel that colonial culture surrounding the, the team? Um, I mean, I felt the culture as soon as I stepped on like on campus, but I mean, my role freshman year, I mean, I played with, you know, seniors. I played with Megan Wolfgang and fifth year Amanda Harrington. And 
I was just this freshman coming in and playing every game and I just had to learn from them and, you know, learn quickly because, you know, this isn't just like, I mean, it's division one, but it's like, you're, you're expected to perform a certain way and, you know, it doesn't matter if you're a freshman or a senior or a fifth year, you know, you got to perform and you earn that spot and you got to live up to those, to those footsteps. And you have a, uh... Jamie behind you right now, obviously, but you just mentioned you didn't really have that guiding factor in net. So is that sort of difficult? Um, I mean, I had, um, you know, like I said, those two crease defenders who were seniors at the time and, you know, they really brought me in and made me feel welcomed and made me feel like I made a difference down there. And that kind of built my confidence and be able to play with them and, you know, play against the competition that we did in the NEC and it just kind of went from there and then having you know great leaders on the team as well makes you feel welcomed and makes you feel important so when um I asked this question to like pretty much any athlete we have on when in your career your lacrosse career did you start to realize that hey we're pretty good at this I could you know I could go division one I could try and make a career out of this. When in your career did you realize that? Um, I would say in high school, um, I had I had a guy coach, and he, you know, he like shot like a guy did. Like it was fast, it was hard, and it was. Um, so having that every day, just kind of like he was probably the coach that kind of made me have the confidence in myself to know that I could. I could play at probably any level that I wanted to. And then um, in my county, I mean, we were probably the best in the county every year. And it was a good county in Maryland. So we went to um, like states and regionals and all that. So I would say like high school, I kind of got the, not my club team, but my high school team kind of gave me that confidence. So, yeah, moving on to RMU, um, what do you attribute, I mean, like the success that you guys have been able to have with women's lacrosse these past four or five years now um, and the nucleus that you guys have as a senior class, senior graduate class, whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. um, how important it is that, that you guys have stuck together for the most part um, and journeyed through all five of these years and um, how much of an impact has, you know, some players that did not decide to come back um, have on, on this team? I mean, I would attribute it to just the friendships and the chemistry that we have with each other. You know, we all live together our freshman and sophomore years, and then you build those friendships. You Like, it's friendships that you'll have forever. And, like, putting it onto the field and being able to trust each other on the field and communicate. I mean, I would attribute all of our success to that and then the coaching staff as well. And our relationship with them and how open and honest we can be. And I mean, it's, it's, I don't know. I would just say it's a lot with the relationships and the friendships. Mm -hmm. we've Speaking made. of relationships, I do this segment um, on the podcast for men's and women's across and also men's and women's hockey. It's called five quick questions. It's a little segment that we're doing here. We did it last week or two weeks ago now um, with uh, Cole Grove, McArdle and, and Burke. It's pretty simple. I'm going to ask you five questions and I'm going to quiz you on a specific player uh, of the team, who is the most likely to do blank? And you're going to give me their name. Okay. Like Anyone on is. the team? 
Yes, it can be anyone on the team. It can be a coach. It can be, you know, anyone that's related to lacrosse in general. Okay. Um, just kind of quizzing you on uh, the the uh, personalities. Yeah, the personalities. Okay. All right. I don't know which specific ones I've asked in previous ones, so I'm going to try and switch it up here. Okay. who, Which player or coach or whatever is the most likely to have a gambling problem? A gambling problem? <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> oh. Oh. Um, I just Googled most likely two questions, and this is what we're doing. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Um, gambling. I don't know. I would say, like, me, like Jamie Keller, because we, like, make bets all the time down there of, like, okay. oh, well, who's going to, like, I don't know. Or Julia Cotterwas. Either one. <laughs> um, who is the most likely player to sleepwalk? Or just a player that sleepwalks? Oh, Katie Martin. Okay. Any specific stories? Like, she wake up, wake you guys up in, like, camps or whatever? Uh, she was my roommate my sophomore year. And, I mean, she sleep-talked a lot, so I'm assuming she probably sleepwalks, too. Um, which player is most likely to show up to practice with the oven still on? With what still on? The oven. Uh, Shay. <laughs> um, which player? This is an interesting one. This one is, an, I don't know how funny this is. Which player is the most likely to live the longest? Cleo. That girl okay. will live through anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, and which, all right, well, this is a good one. Which player on the team is the most sarcastic? Uh, either me or Kelly Colgrove. All right. All right. Yeah. Those are just five quick questions here. Um, and again, I'll just open up the floor to you. If you want, like, I always try and encourage like storytelling on all the podcasts. If you have any specific stories and memories over the five uh, past years that, you know, are PG and you want to share with us. Um, <laughs> feel free to. PG. <laughs> yeah. PG 13. We can bump it up to PG 13. I think. Um, Hmm. I would just say, like, in general, like, all the, you know, the bus trips and the hotel trips and just, mm -hmm. like, I mean, there's been terrible stories. There's been great stories. I mean, one time we, uh, it's actually not really a good story, but, like, we lost to Mountain Wagner in the same weekend, and it was terrible. And then on the way home, our bus broke down, and we had to go through, like, probably two or three buses, and it probably, wow. It was like a supposed to be a five hour drive, and it probably turned into like ten. Wow. It was terrible. How much of that is impacted because of COVID? Like you know, going out. You mentioned earlier, like you know, you wish you did more stuff. You wish you went golfing and things like that. How much of that has been impacted by COVID? And you know, doing this stuff off the or off the field, um, uh, you know, and be able to team bond more. Yeah, it's been hard, especially with like. I mean, I feel for the freshmen a lot because, you know, we were able to party and go out and do all that before. And now we're just we're not able to really do that. And so that's kind of been difficult on building our relationships with the freshmen as well, because we're not together to be able to do that stuff. And I don't know. I just I really feel for them. But, you know, come 
come middle of May, end of May when we're done. I mean, we'll mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll all be hanging out a lot before we leave. So absolutely. All right. Well, we'll wrap this up here. Um, up next for for both teams. Actually, I have a, one quick question for you. Women's lacrosse plays Super Senior Saturday. That's what is listed on the official schedule mm-hmm. um, against Central Michigan. Is it is that like an, uh, a reference to Super Saturday? What what's the difference between that and different. Senior Day? So we just separated our senior days between the seniors and then my class. Like uh, okay. So we did two separate senior days. So they theirs was the Kent State and ours will be this Saturday. Okay. All right. And that'll be um, against Central Michigan at 12 uh, this Saturday. Um, and then men's lacrosse plays May 1st. That'll be their last game of the season more than likely, unless they somehow sneak it in the NCAA uh, mm-hmm. playoffs, the NCAA tournament. That'll be at one uh, at Utah, uh, Jimmy Perkins reunion for that. Thank you uh, all for tuning in, and thank you, Caitlin, for, for joining yeah, us. Thank really you for coming on. Of course. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no good worries. Finals. Um, absolutely. Yeah, good luck on your finals and uh, this weekend as well. Um, this you. may be our last episode of the, the season, but we'll catch you guys next week if, it, if not be.